Hi, this is Calvin Reed. And this is Heidi McDonald. And we're live at San Diego Comic-Con. And this is our daily Comic-Con podcast. All right. Well, this is Calvin Reed um, for More to Come, the PW Comics World podcast. And we're on the floor of the San Diego Comic-Con. And I'm here with Steven from um, Fanfare Opponent Month. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, Fanfare Opponent Month? I certainly will. Um, don't need to tell you where I'm coming from. Uh, the <laughs> accent can, will do that. We can hear and tell. That's right. The accent <laughs> will do that for me. Stephen um, Robson, actually. I don't think I said your last no, name. I apologize. That's okay. It's Robson, yeah. <laughs> and um, yes, uh, f- fan f- uh, my, my quick history is that I worked for a company uh, in England <laughs> that uh, was taken over by Diamond when everything went strange. Ah. And um, I wasn't a good corporate American, so um, I'm afraid, guys. So. Uh, well, good I, for you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I opted out, and in '97, I did something that no American company has ever done and ever will do, including Disney, Marvel, whoever. Mm-hmm. I was incorporated on July the 4th. Oh, well, <laughs> well God bless. <laughs> fair, fair opponent more. Absolutely. I didn't ask for it, it just <laughs> came through. So, right. so that, that was the start of Fanfare, which is a general trading company. Mm-hmm. And then um, with associations with uh, oh, yeah. with, a, with a Spanish uh, friend of mine, Ami Rayo Veni, mm-hmm. um, uh, we started in 2003, so we're actually 10 years old. Oh, even though, yeah. you know, that's uh, right, congrats. Absolutely, this, this is a, yes. A decade yeah, of a decade fine of, graphic novels. Thank you, Calvin, <laughs> yes, uh, we, we like to think so. And um, and I started that with uh, say with my friend Ami um, in 2003. He handles all the Spanish publications, and I handle the English language publication. Okay. So that's that's a company we share together, and that's what I do for my heart. Uh, Fanfare puts the food on the table by warehousing, mm. by distribution of other people's products as well as my mm. own, and um, and but I handle toys and t-shirts and statues and, and anything at all in uh, and uh, send them out throughout Europe and um, so and Ponit Mon is just it's just one of the things I do which uh, I just love it yeah, I just love it and it uh, it lets me meet people like your good self of course well tell us about the these things that you love that you're, you're that you're uh, presenting here at, at comic-con because you do have an, a really extraordinary list uh, of, uh, of comics uh, really great work well thank you yes I mean it's uh, it's been 10 years but it's only been uh, 26 books mm-hmm. um, in fact last year in these difficult times I only did one mm-hmm. but I'm, I have a few more planned for this year that, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, are coming up I'm, uh, I'm just getting towards uh, the completion of the Summit of the Gods series mm-hmm. which is a, a five volume series each volume over 300 pages so that's mm-hmm. a one, one whack of a comic and um, and its uh, its basic story is uh, finding finding a camera very similar to Mallory's, uh, the man who went missing on Everest in 1924. So next year I will do the fifth and final volume, and I will publish that on the date he was last seen alive. Ah, right. So tell us about the author because he's uh, uh, Jiro Taniguchi. Uh, yeah, Jiro yeah. actually didn't write that one, um, Calvin. He um, he adapted it ah, okay. um, from a novel which had been written in I the see. mid in the mid nineties. And Jiro, uh, who's uh, certainly our strongest creator, mm-hmm. um, his his artwork is that beautiful fine line art, mm-hmm. very detailed. Mm-hmm. How on earth the guy can push out fifteen hundred pages of that yeah, detail in? And he did that in a matter of uh, months rather than years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know, you know. Uh, sadly, I've never met the gentleman, uh-huh. but I would, I would dearly love to. And he's he's our strongest creator. We've, uh, you know, we, we now have quite a long line of uh, of his books. Um, and in December, we will have um, 
we will have a, another new title by him called Ferrari, which uh, loosely translated from the from the um, Japanese means "Go with the flow." Okay. <laughs> and it's based on an, an actual person, a real character, a real person back in the Edo period. Um, although the character itself, he, he's never named, and. What he does is he's doing a map of Edo, mm-hmm. you know, before it became Tokyo, mm-hmm. and the only way you could do it back in those those days was to actually pace it out. So he oh, walked the, the whole ah. the whole of the city, uh. much smaller city than Tokyo today, uh-huh. of course. But he walks the whole of the city, pacing it out in order to draw a map of the city. So he's like a medieval walking man, uh-huh. which brings me to uh-huh. the walking man. Our first, oh, Tanig- yes. our first Taniguchi book from 2004, which has long been out of print, ah. uh, apparently fetches three figures on eBay, which I didn't know because I've never been on eBay in my <laughs> life, um, and it has taken us just over two years of negotiation to be allowed to reprint the book, and so we'll be doing that in conjunction with Ferrari, uh, because they're both walking men. I see, I see. And we have... A brand new cover for a it. Brand new, uh, it's it's a brand new piece of artwork I'd never seen before. It's not in the original book, and uh, so we'll be presenting a new edition of, uh, of the Walking Man in December at the same time. Great. Well, these obviously they're, they're terrific works. Uh, you want? Are there any other titles uh, that you're here that you'd like to mention? Um, well, we all have a backlist. You've got a huge backlist. Yeah, with so I, many great titles. I guess it, it becomes a question uh, of, of picking out your favorite child here. <laughs> um, I, I can't. It, it is a bit like that. It's like which one do you hold up for execution? Yeah, yeah. Which one do you hold up for praise? And so I, I, I can't really pick and choose. All, no. all, all I can point you towards are, are the uh, the several books and the multiple Eisner nominations that they have uh, received. Mm-hmm. We'll win one one day. Yes, yes, we get many nominations. Uh, to be nominated is is no small thing. As no, well. and if if you recall, uh, right. if, if you recall, Calvin, in in 2010, stretched over three oh, books, yes. I actually had seven nominations. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Which for a, I'm a one man band. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, there is me. Yeah. A small but powerful press. How's Absolutely, that? yes. There's me, the wife, and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and between us, uh, you know, the dog gets to lick every book, so that's okay. Uh, yeah. you know? but Making each one yeah. quite uh, even more unique. Uh, Absolutely. But there's too much of myself in each of these books. Um, I'll, I'll never forget giving a copy of uh, one of our early books, Kinder Book, Monokuro mm-hmm. Kinder Book mm-hmm. from Kam Takahama. And I gave a copy of that to uh, Kuniko Kraft. I don't know if you know the lady. No, I don't. She, she's a well-renowned fantasy artist yeah, uh, here. In, she's, she's married to Mr. Kraft, an American, mm-hmm. and has lived here many years. And I gave her a copy at one, uh, at one of the shows here in San Diego um, back in 2004. And she came back to me the year after with one of her special edition copies of her own book, mm-hmm with a beautiful oh. new new image drawn inside yes. and a, you know and dedicated and she said to me how come you get so good in mind of young japanese girl ah. and being 19 <laughs> to 21 when she wrote the stories in that book and i don't know i, I just completely throw myself into these books yeah. when when i'm at the editing stage yeah. you know because i do all the editing personally and um so 
you know, don't ask me to choose. Okay, I won't ask you to just, choose. Just, just, well, that, I just guess ask, what, ask your listeners to go uh, on uh, www.bonnetmon.com. There you go. There, there. That's all you need to know. And I'll just ask one more question. How is Comic-Con for you? How is the show? How do you, uh, How does it serve your purposes? I, I adore Comic-Con. I've been coming here for 30 years. Taking money at the table is lovely. Yeah. Only <laughs> because it. I get to meet my consumer my yes. general no. public which I really really enjoy and uh, because Fanfare my other company is a uh, just a general trading company there's always a dozen projects that I can pick up here of which one or two may come to fruition you know and uh, so that's what pays fiscally for the trip you know but emotionally it's just I've been coming here so long it's home you know all right, and on that note, thank you so much for giving us some time. And thank you, Calvin, for coming around. All right. Hi, this is Heidi McDonald. I'm here with Noelle Stevenson, uh, a.k.a. Ginger Hayes. Uh, she is the creator of Nimona, a webcomic that will soon be coming out from a publisher who, because it's Sunday, I can't remember the name, but I'm sure she'll, she'll uh, fill us in about it. Um, and, yeah, tell us about the Nimona books that are coming out. Uh, the Nimona book is going to come out in 2015 from HarperCollins. That is the name of the publisher. Oh. And, uh, yeah, the, the webcomic is probably going to go on for about another year. And then uh, the year after that, it'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be a real book. Yeah. And uh, it's technically a two-book deal, so there will be another book following that, either a Nimona sequel or something in a similar genre. Yeah. Well, what is the, tell us a little bit about Nimona and what it's about and the origins of it. So. Um, Nimona is about a medieval supervillain with a mechanical arm and his shape-shifting sidekick as they uh, fight the good guys who really aren't that good. And um, uh, it's been running for about a year now. Uh, it's really just, it's a story that's it's mashed up of all these different kinds of things that I love. You know, sympathetic villains and like, you know, uh, uh, little girls who fight and, you know, just... Just everything that I wanted to have in a story, and okay. since it's my story, I get to do that. I get right. to put it all together. Right, right. Now, did you, I mean, you, you got a following pretty quickly, though, with it. I mean, what was, like, when you launched as a webcomic, um, how quickly did you acquire readership? Because I, I think what's fascinating uh, about a lot of these is, you know, webcomics transitioning to print and, mm-hmm. and you know, finding an audience. I mean, yeah. I mean, how quickly were you able to build your audience? Um, the webcomic is not the only source of my audience. Uh, I, I've been on Tumblr for about two and a half years now, and I am known for doing fan art there. So before I started the webcomic, that was what I was doing. I uh, I, I did webcomic and like uh, I, I did um, fan comics and fan art and stuff like that. So when I launched the webcomic, I already had a pretty good Tumblr following, and I was just like, hey, anyone who wants to should go read my comic on this other site. Some of them did, some of them didn't. I keep pushing it, so hopefully more and more of them do. Uh, but that was definitely uh, helpful in getting a readership for the webcomic. And then when I did get a literary agent who helped uh, strike the deal with HarperCollins, he found me through my Avengers fan comics and then found my webcomic through that. So, yeah, that's kind of the story. Do you, uh, there's a lot of argument right now about you know putting your work up for free on Tumblr and with webcomics, you know, whether that's a really great way to get your work out there. Obviously, it's worked in your case. Um, but, I mean, do you have advice for young artists, I mean, uh, on that? I mean, you know, giving it away for free sounds some scary to some people, but, I mean, is it the way to go? Uh, I think that the Internet has sort of changed the way that we think about uh, things like that, and I think that it, it, it seems like it shouldn't work. 
uh, the way that webcomics actually do earn a living for their creators in, in some cases. I, I don't know how to explain it except that it's more of like establishing this presence of, your, of yourself and your work and you do it for free and because you love to do it and then other people start to like sort of buy into that passion as well and they support you because they believe in your work and also because they like they want to support you as a person. It's different from, you know, giving your money to a book that you just found at Barnes & Noble and saying, like, you know, this is a cool book, I'm going to read it, but maybe I don't care, I don't know who this author is. But on, on the web, everybody is kind of a, they're a personality. And when you, you know, buy something from them that costs $15, you're not just giving them $15, you're giving them, you know, uh, some Starbucks coffee and uh, helping them pay their rent for a month. So it's like, I think, you would think that, like, because my whole comic's online for free, no one would buy the book, but I think what happens is that people, I, I have so many people come up and say like, you know, I've read it all, when is the book coming out, I need to own this, I need to have something physical to like uh, express my appreciation of it. And there will be people who don't buy the book and just read the webcomic, and that's fine as well. I think it's just a different way of of working that we haven't quite figured out how it works yet. And like Kickstarter and Indiegogo is all in there too. No one really knows how it works yet, but uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty exciting, personally. Right, right, right. Well, that, I mean, it sounds like you're pretty busy with the two Nimona books coming out. Yeah, right. um, I mean, is there anything else uh, you projects you have or dream projects? You're also working on Adventure Time or doing some stories for them, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm working with Boom Studios on some of their Adventure Time titles. I am working with Frederator on an episode of Bravest Warriors in Season 2, uh, which I'm writing that. Um, and, yeah, I'm just doing some freelance projects um, here and there. And in addition to working on the comic. Right, right. Wow, well, uh, I, a newcomer in relative terms to comics, but uh, already incredibly busy. <laughs> no, and talented, and uh, definitely somebody whose work uh, should be checked out. So, uh, Noelle, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, this is Calvin Reed, and um, welcome to More to Come. Uh, we're uh, recording live on the floor of the San Diego Comic Con in San Diego, and I'm at the MBM booth with publisher Terry Nantier, and uh, thanks for being on More to Come. It's the PW Comic World Podcast. Um, thanks for talking to us for a little bit. Thank, thank you for having me. Um, actually, uh, could you tell our audience maybe a little bit about NBM and the kind of books that you publish? Well, uh, we do uh, superlative graphic novels. Indeed you do. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the best of indie lit out there in, in comics, uh, both American, like say uh, Rick Geary or Craig Russell and others, and European. Uh, well noted, uh, you know, for also bringing in Dungeon, Trondheim, uh, De Crecy, Blanc. Uh, and, and others uh, as we have of late and uh, that's that's NBM and plus an adult line mm -hmm. where one thing that we're uh, really uh, very uh, proud to premiere here at San Diego is Reed Waller's final volume of Omaha the Cat oh, yeah. Dancer yeah. Uh, yes. which is an event because it's been waited for many years and was uh, it's a whole in fact the making of Omaha is almost as uh, dramatic as Omaha itself uh, read the intro to, to Volume 8 by James Vance and you'll see what I mean. It's very touching. It's quite a story. It's kind and of, a, it kind of uh, really it's a seminal event in publishing in comics. I mean, because of the legal issues that it brought up. And, uh, That's right. And, so. uh, but it also, uh, you know, bridged the gap, if you will, or, or was the bridge from underground comics mm -hmm. into what was for a while called overground. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. But, uh, <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> yeah, like the Star Reach magazine and all that sort of thing. 
um, and uh, you know uh, really brought uh, comics forward and and was one of the instigators in many ways of, of indie comics mm -hmm. uh, with wonderful writing by Kate Worley who, who passed away before she could finish it and that, that's the tragic part and, and the amazing part is how she had left enough notes that uh, her second husband as far as I know James Vance mm -hmm. uh, was able to, to finish up the story uh, with uh, Reed's help and, and uh, finally here's uh, the last volume and the reception here is just amazing. I mean, many people are just uh, testifying to how it changed their lives because of the open-mindedness of of the story uh, that that really uh, you know gave people courage of their convictions on their mm -hmm. sexuality, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's just uh, you know regular sexuality and and being open about it, or whether it's being gay and coming out. It's just amazing to see the number of people coming in and, and thanking him for changing their lives. It's uh, you know he's overwhelmed. Yeah. No. Well, uh, that's a really great story. I think we we talked a little bit how, but my early days at Publishers Weekly, one of the first stories that I wrote were were about the legal issues around um, uh, about Omaha that's right. and Friendly yeah, Franks. It was, and the it like, was so. uh, you know for Dennis Kitchen. It was yes. uh, you know. Uh, a uh, uh, important moment that uh, he had to go and defend Friendly Franks for yeah. for being busted for carrying Omaha in about 1985, yeah. and that created the comic book yes, Legal Defense the, the, the Fund. So, uh, yes. yep. mm -hmm. yeah. so what else are you um, uh, presenting here at the, at Comic Con this week? Well, uh, we have uh, yes, yeah, Ambillenium yes, that we're very yes. proud of that comes from yeah. Europe and mm -hmm. is in the vein of Boneyard and Dungeon. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a spoof of horror and. Uh, very funny and very beautifully done uh, by a French artist called uh, Arthur de Pins. And, uh, uh, you know, this is a premiere at the show. We're getting good reception to it. A lot of people, uh, you know, quite amazed by the art. Mm -hmm. So uh, It's beautiful, I, by the way, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can't see it, but I can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, I mean, we've got our most recent books, like The Initiates, which has gotten mm -hmm. tremendous uh, press. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, this uh, is a book about uh, uh, a cartoonist the and the winemaker. Exchanging jobs. Sort of exchanging jobs, jobs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's a journal of that, and it's... Mm -hmm. uh, really intelligently written, wonderful story, and uh, has been. Uh, we, we've even got leading wine bloggers all excited about it, and they never paid attention to comics before. No. Let me tell you, that's what NBM is all about. Okay. So I'm really happy about uh, awesome. that kind of accomplishment. <laughs> and you're also the publisher of Rick Gary. I mean, you publish a, a long right. series of his great books. So. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we're at 14 or 15 mm -hmm. of those titles now. We got uh, one coming out in October. Uh, about uh, called the Madison Square Tragedy, oh, yeah. yes, uh, yes, which is uh, about uh, on our fall famous novel uh, ar yes. architect, yeah, yes. Stanford White, uh, that got assassinated for his uh, overly, uh, um, shall we say, um, uh, easy ways uh, and morality-wise. <laughs> All right, another reason, life. folks, to pick up the book. Right. <laughs> Sounds salacious. Great. <laughs> As Geary will have it, you know, yes, it's always right. uh, well measured, salacious. <laughs> yes, yes, it's, yes. Which artful. makes it all, it's all artful, salacious. That's yes. right. Which makes all right. it all the more fun. Well, uh, Terry, look, thank you so much, and uh, I hope you had a good show. Right. Thank right. you. And that wraps up our special Comic Con live coverage. But tune in for our next regular episode. There will be more to come. <laughs>